What's going on, everybody? This is Real with Juan Martinez, a.k.a. Dr. Love. And Stephanie Rave. What is going on? Man, we got a serious case of the giggles. <laughs> I think that happens af- before every single show, but that's a good thing because yeah, laughter is Sometimes they're medicine. just like laugh attacks. Like they're like, Some of them are just like little laughs, and yeah. then some of them are like, that if somebody came in and didn't know what was happening, they think we were crazy. Yeah, you know? or be like, in today's society, probably high. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so big shout out to G, because it's his, bir- it's his birthday. You know that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was a hard pause. <laughs> well, it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, but I mean. Okay, his birthday week, monthish. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, it's not like today, Happy but the, the radio show is today. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday. We got to give him the shout out, you know. Uh, him and Marco, the media guy. You make know, it all possible. Make it all possible behind the scenes. And so, you know, um, Jesus, you know, just when you know it, you look up and G's standing behind a camera somewhere. You know, that's usually <laughs> what happens. And so, um, yo, check it out, man. Um, super exciting news for Get Rap Church. Uh we're, I was going to say replacing our tent, you know, we're enlarging, <laughs> we're enlarging the place, place of our, our tent. tent. Yeah, man. What does that mean, Steph? Um, so that means in the physical aspect that we're, man, we're making space for so many more people to come join us on Sundays. Yeah. Um, Sundays when we do our hubs midweek, when we do our conferences, it's yeah, just, it's, gonna be fine. it's just awesome because we get to have, um, one thing that I think I mentioned before was that we're, we're at a, like. Our congregation is large, but because we're split into services, not everyone sees each other. <laughs> so yeah. it's like first service people, no first service people, and second service people, no second service people. And so then you see each other in passing. But, you know, hopefully, eventually, you know, as we get larger and larger, more people can connect and spend time together on Sunday. And, yeah. and, and know, Monday bring and their, Tuesday. Yeah, Wednesday. bring their families um, in. I know a lot of people out. love bringing their families to church and experiencing it for the first time. So that's really awesome. And then, yes, hangouts begin. So not only are we at, what's the saying we go we grow larger when we grow smaller i, th- I said it wrong but it's something along really those lines i don't know the saying <laughs> but i know is that <laughs> you got to be saying like that right exactly so when we do our hangouts it's just an amazing time because yeah. you get to connect with people more outside of the walls and just do fun things and activities because for some reason we forget how to hang out when yeah. we like give our lives to christ we're like and i say we because i've experienced it before too yeah, where you're I think just like does. okay what do we do now that we're not like drinking at well the i think a lot of social media had to do with that too like i feel yeah. like i saw you even though if i didn't see you because i see you like posting yeah, all the time and yeah. it's kind of weird like people are like you're like oh that's media friends mm-hmm. like you have mm-hmm. media friends and you have yeah. real friends mm-hmm. well the media friends you get what i'm saying so it gets kind of it twisted gets, sometimes <laughs> where does. they think that because they you know they know you on social media that they, they they're friends with you but you're not real you know you get to know people <laughs> in real life you yeah. know in the flesh you yeah, know so you see them upset you see them happy you see them laugh all of that so thank you for all the people who are subscribing to our youtube channel this mm-hmm. is real our podcast this is real and just uh for the constant support through letters man we love reading your letters yes. we're gonna be writing y'all back here mm-hmm. soon um write to us man and let yeah. us know you know and let us know topics, I, we love hearing God. the stories of how you guys are um, listening to the show um behind bars and that's awesome yep. because that's like the main purpose yep. of this is real so yep. that's an so, amazing thing let me ask you a question you know l- people want to know they want to know so today <laughs> i'm going to interview you a little bit we're just going to sure. talk we're just going to just chop it up a little bit um hey matter of fact i'm going to be on that show soon Ch- the chop it up in houston oh let's chop yeah, it up let's yeah chop shout it out up. to um let's chop it up yeah so okay here we go sure uh you know, tell us a little bit about your life, like, right? Because they see you here, they see you, you know, doing your thing, 
you know, um, but I mean, you always been in church or were you mm -hmm. a wild thing or what's going on? Tell, tell us a little bit about your testimony. Sure. Yeah. Come um, on, we want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, people want to hear it. They want to know. I'm only, I'm, give them what they want. This is okay. what they want. They want to know. So they're going to have my back and, we're, and you guys are going to put a bunch of comments later <laughs> and yeah. send in letters saying how much other stuff see, you want to know about Pastor cry. Let's see if she'll cry. <laughs> I'm sure I will. I cry a lot more easily now than um, in the past, but... Um, yeah, well, yeah, so I was I, um, I was raised in church. I have, um, you know, my parents are from Colombia. I have two older sisters and an older brother. I'm and you the represent Colombia I represent Matt Horde. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I was born, my two older sisters were born in Colombia, and then me and my brother were born here. Um, but, I mean, Spanish in the household, Colombian food all the time. My mom making arepas in the morning, like, yeah, pretty, like, pretty hardcore Colombian um so yeah I always do get pushed back because they're like well, you were born there I'm like but I'm from there <laughs> my blood <laughs> you're like <laughs> yeah it bleeds it bleeds yellow, yellow, yellow blue and red yeah. <laughs> oh my god so no, okay but, so this is how you're growing up now yeah. you know there's a whole lot of Colombian things so were you like on the yeah, drug so, scene and all that um I was not okay. um <laughs> <laughs> no but my parents were in Colombia in the 80s um so everything that you hear about that kind of stuff that was I mean that was real to them yeah right um I don't know fully the extent of all that kind of stuff but yep. I know that they came you know to the U.S. to not be in that um lifestyle in that world and so um that's when my brother and I were born here and um I, I just grew up in church grew up with a strong you know faith-based family read the bible every day in Spanish Reina Valera you wow. know <laughs> so not the Reina yeah Valera. in the, the Reina Valera yeah um, that's hard I saw a lot of um great like faith moves in my family you nice. know as a young age so I have like really good memories of that um but I also knew a lot of struggle um in the sense that you know my parents were here illegally in a sense after a certain time period because their visa expired and um so they had that that struggle of you know kind of being under the I guess the well in the in the shadows right because you can't work a regular job and you can't do this yeah. so I mean my and you're pretty are, you're pretty uh you rep that horn yeah I, I try well. to because I feel like being um being born and raised here a lot of people have misconceptions about like that <clears throat> yeah. you know you hear all the time and not trying to be like you know cause division or anything like that but a lot of times people you're like oh well they come here and they take jobs and they have you take this yeah. money and all these benefits and the reality is that there's probably a, a small percentage that have the <laughs> the audacity to try to go through something like that because that can get you incarcerated but the larger percentage you know are not you know they're yeah. struggling they don't they don't have the the wisdom or the or basically just the information to say that this is what you can receive because you can't receive things if you're not here legally. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how are you going to receive benefits if you don't have a social? Like, Everybody's like, fake ideas. Everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, they're taking this, that. And so, yeah. I mean, at least what I experienced. Well, yeah, I know. because through your lens, you I guess you speak from a place of your parents, yeah. right? Well, like and I also, I know a lot of times, I mean, because it's just facts of life. It's like, especially back then, where my parents were presented a lot of opportunities. Some crazy opportunities, like they were offered we'll marry this person so that you can get you know your yeah. legalization or even which i don't know if i'm allowed to share this but even they they offered mm -hmm. to buy my brother like wow my, my brother was like a really cute baby and stuff and they were like give us your son 
and we'll help you. Da, 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 da. Like, so those are real things that in a time of desperation, wow. like anybody could just go and do that. But because of my parents' beliefs, like they, they shout out to your parents and not yeah, selling your brother, not selling my brother, <laughs> not getting divorced for something legal, not yeah. marrying someone else just for that kind of stuff. So I did see that, you know, so I guess I just tried to at least expand the knowledge of like what sure. you said of what I experienced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, you know, struggles and a lot of faith too. So, okay. So then you grew up in church and so you get older you know what kind of starts happening in Stephanie's life like what does that look like yeah um so for me um because you I were in say, church yeah I, I was I was in church um my entire life and um you know from we were assemblies of God when I was like elementary so you know from like stars missionettes and then to youth group um we went to like a non-denominational church uh-huh. um and so I would say like as my teens I was very very strong in my relationship with the Lord. Okay. I was the one who didn't like to cuss, who didn't like to, you know, say no to my parents, who didn't, you know, I was like cookie cutter, straightforward. And then my brother, who was a year older than me, he was a little bit more rebellious. So Watch then it out. made me, yeah. So then it made me more like more protective of like what we were doing. Um, but then <laughs> eventually that just kind of blurred, you know, after high school years. I mean, I was just having this conversation yesterday, actually, where I think we were talking about stuff in middle school. And I was like, yeah, when I was in middle school, I said people were sneaking out. People were going to clubs in middle school. Like to you, that's normal. Yeah. But to like not not everyone, they were like, what, really? Like we didn't go to our first club. Till we were like 18. Yeah. And I was like, I had friends who were like sneaking out at 14, you know, and going to clubs and drinking yeah. and all this stuff. And I, I didn't do any of that. So, I mean, obviously, eventually down the line I think for me and I've shared it before on the show that uh, I think as much as I had a relationship with the Lord I feel like I didn't um, walk out a lot of the things that I read or believed in yeah so I feel like it didn't give me the strength you know or the experience to say that okay well let me not go down this road right because it was kind of like a head knowledge and not a heart knowledge yeah and so I would say probably like my senior year in high school is when I kind of started like, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd and well, the same crowd, but now doing it because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the same people. But, you know, I started drinking and clubbing and partying and all of that. So that's whenever that started leading to, you know, boys, relationships. And I think the foundation that I had, even though it was very solid and I wouldn't say that I went as far left as it possibly could have gone. Yeah. Um, I think it kind of it was a little bit of like a religious thing because I didn't fully understand God's grace and forgiveness. Right. So mm-hmm. for me, which I'm just going to be vulnerable. Yeah. I lost my virginity. You know, the at, show is, this at, is real. Yeah. I lost my virginity at 17. And even though I read the Bible and I believed everything that it said, I didn't believe that because of that one mistake that he could renew me and restore me. So yeah. then in my head, I was like, well, I've already lost it then there's nothing I can do to take it back. So literally that was my thought process. I wow. didn't fully understand that. It wasn't until a few few years later that I was like, wait, like, no, he can still make me whole again. And that doesn't define me, you know, just because in my Christian, you know, teenager mind, I was like, you know, I'm going to save myself until marriage. And it's like, if that, if that's not how it panned out, like I'm still, I'm still saved because of who he is. And, yeah. He, you know? Because he still loves you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, Okay, but that, that you look like you were gonna have a moment, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, so now you are older, you're in your twenties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. What would you say um, that looked like for Stephanie, the one who was at church, who started mm-hmm. kind of veering off into the wrong thing? Are you now, you know, um, I don't know. Is there a fight with spirit and flesh? Like, what's happening now with Stephanie, right? Because um. 
Go now, ahead. You've had both parts of your life. Yeah. But now you're in your 20s, mm-hmm. right? So what happens? Well, I think 20s is like... To me, 20s was like forever long. <laughs> I'm like, dang, I'm ready to be 30. Yeah, I just yeah. turned 29, but I'm like, all right, we ready for it. 30's going to be great. because you had that COVID you know? year with like four years. Yeah, but but even like in the, in the span of your 20s, I feel like when you're in your early 20s, you think you know everything. Mm. You really do. And like even being 29, 28 last year, like you look back at your 23, 24-year-old self and you're like... You were so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we think we know it all because we're yeah. in our 20s, you know? And so for me, that the, my 20s has been like a lot of stages of growth that I feel like have um, molded me as a whole, you know, because in my early 20s, you know, I had to figure out that, okay, you know, God still loves me. I don't have to, you know, be lukewarm. I can't be in and out. And so, you know, giving myself completely to God. And then I would say as I matured more, probably like 25 26 something like that um it was it was walking out those things right so for me it's kind of just been like in stages of growth of you know my relationship with god because um i think we were sharing on live at nine about how how a lot of times like we think that we can do things ourselves yeah and we just go and get exhausted and so i feel like that was a lot of me probably like mid-20s you know, okay. because it was like, okay, well, this is what I know I need to do. This is what I know I heard from God. And so this is how what we're going to do to make it happen, right? Yeah. And so it was very night and day because what you were asking about, you know, is there a fight with spirit and flesh? It was like I became that person to where instead of being a light to, like, my friends and my family, yeah. I was very much like, well, no, I, I listen to God only. You know, I don't hang out and do these things anymore. And you should be doing these things with me. Yeah. You know, and it was very much like that. And it's like... Um, that's not how you really share. That's not, you're not allowing people to really see the transformation that he made in you. You're just speaking it instead of showing it. Yeah. You know, and so that was kind of like a, I would say like a lonely, darker period of my time. I wouldn't say I was like depressed or anything, but I was lonely, you know, because yeah. I basically, you know, stepped away from God. I didn't have no relationships with my, you know, believer friends. And then I had stopped partying and hanging out with all of my party friends. And so then it was just me by myself and no I had friends. to learn. Yeah, it literally. And it was so funny because I remember and I remember this moment because it was so like dumb. <laughs> it was a 4th of July. Yeah. So it was like not a big holiday. You know, it wasn't my birthday. It wasn't Christmas. It was just 4th of July. And I didn't have anybody to hang out with. Like, I think my parents were out of town or something and my friends were partying and I didn't have any relationships yeah. with the people you, that I was going to church with. You weren't or partying. You know? Yeah, I wasn't doing either. So I was like this sucks you know and of course the flesh can be like well just go party with them or just you know go do this and then your pride's like well i don't want to ask people to be my friend i don't know how to do that you know so that part you know was but then i i just i feel like you know god showed me a lot about relationships and friendships and how how that really is vital to your walk with god because in those moments when people see you sad when people see you upset when people see you happy like that's where you can build like your relationships and you can walk out your faith because it takes you know it takes a believer to say man you really upset me and i was hurt by it but i'm gonna forgive you because god forgave me and we're gonna move past this you know because in the world you just cut people off you know you don't have any necessary like desire to maybe help someone else grow yeah and i feel like that was a lot of um my later 20s of like okay i know i need to grow i know even if i cut all these people out of my life that aren't 
good for me, you know, which is necessary sometimes, mm -hmm. um, you still have work to do in yourself. So it's like being self-aware, being, you know, honest enough to say, okay, God, what's the work that you need to do in me? And I feel like that was the okay. later part of my twenties. Okay. So, or is what happens to you when mm -hmm. you get saved? Like what happens? How do you come back? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hold that thought. We'll be right back. We're going to go to commercial break and we're going to hear uh, Stephanie's return to Christ. Come on. Go get your copy of Juan Martinez's newly released book, Beyond the Yellow Brick Road. This book gives you the courage to face the storms of life with a new heart and mind as you journey through the pages. Juan Martinez ties in Holy Spirit truths with honest insights about his struggles from New York street life to hard time in the Texas prison system to a radical transformation that saved his life and launched an impassioned ministry that's leading the lost to meaningful relationships with Christ. The amazing thing about your purchase of this book is not only do you get set free, but at the same time, someone who is incarcerated or in a program will also receive a book at no cost to them so they too can experience being set free you can help us reach our goal to cover 106 texas prisons by purchasing a copy at juanmartinez.tv on amazon or anywhere books are sold thank you for being the hero of this story Come experience the love that will change your life every Sunday at Get Rab Church. You can hit us up at two locations, 23221 Aldine Westfield Road in Spring, Texas, 77373. Our service times are 10 a.m. and 1145 a.m. Or you can hit us up on the south side at 2535 Galveston Road in Houston, Texas. 77017 at 5 p.m. Not in Houston? Not a problem. You can watch from anywhere in the world by downloading our free Get Rap TV app. We want to thank all our partners who support us. Because of you, This Is Real has a tremendous reach all the way from Houston to Galveston, up into the Dallas, Fort Worth, and Austin area. This show airs in over 50 state prisons and jails with over 130,000 inmates tuning in weekly hearing the good news. Help us stay on air by becoming a monthly partner. Visit JuanMartinez.tv or download the free Get Rap TV app. Hey everybody, we are back. <laughs> All you hear me say is Marco's hand. He kind of did the little pointing at me, you know? And all you see is the yeah. hand. All you see is the hand. It's like thing. It's like one hand is there. You don't see Marco. But hey, let's come back and talk about um, your encounter on how you got back. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, right? Because you had, it's kind of wild how, I'm, you know, raised in church, boom, you kind of rebel and do your thing and then you kind of like in the middle mm -hmm. and like you don't you're not doing anything basically yeah. you're just in the middle mm -hmm. and then how do you how does God get your attention again how do you because you could have went the other way right so what made you go that way and how did God do that um I would say it was probably like a culmination of a few things um but the point to get where when I got to that point you know it was a lot like um we had a big you know, thing happened with my family and the, you know, the childhood home that my parents built was stolen from us by, you know, an ex-business partner and parents were taken advantage of and, you know, all of that. So it, it led us to basically that go sucks. from, yeah, like the, basically everything that my family had worked for was stripped away from us. And, you know, going back to the immigration thing, you know, they just didn't have that that yeah. knowledge to be able to or the power to really defend themselves so we found ourselves you know moving from six bedroom house with a guest house an acre of land and and shoving all of that into a three-bedroom apartment that mm. 
we didn't have you know <laughs> enough space for at all yeah. you know and at that time i was um and it seemed like it was a far distance but it wasn't really far distance but i guess at that time it felt like i had moved away from everything where i was you know because we moved to a different city um and so it kind of was like an excuse to say well i'm not going to church anymore because the church that i grew up in and church that i'm used to going is not near me anymore right yeah. so stop going to church um you know very lukewarm in a bad relationship and basically my household is kind of like scrambled because you know my mom's struggling to you know become kind of like the head of the house because my dad was in such a deep dark depression after losing everything that he built that mm -hmm. it was just a dark place at home you know um and so then just one day randomly um i came home and i know my mom had been going to a church um, that was nearby and she had invited me and I think my sister invited me before too and I just didn't go because I didn't want to experience a new church I was just like well that's the church that I got I went to and you know obviously if I wasn't living right I wasn't really going wanting to go to church anyways yeah. to be honest um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah I came home one day on a Saturday and um, um, I grew up in church my parents are very traditional you know like I guess I look a little bit non-traditional maybe before because I had like my head shaved and now I have piercings and stuff but like my parents don't like piercings they didn't like tattoos or anything yeah. like that um, and so I come home and my mom is like cooking which she always loves to cook for people and there's like three tatted guys <laughs> in my living room just tatted. like tatted like yeah. tatted Tattoos. you yeah. know so they're like sitting in my living room and mom's cooking for them and i'm just like this mm. isn't somebody this, this isn't a group of people that would normally be in our home yeah. like we might talk to them and like all of that outside of the home but they weren't normally be in our house they're kicking it in your house yeah and my mom's like hanging out so i was like um hi how's it going you know like what is going on here okay. <laughs> are we are we getting robbed <laughs> but turns out that um I, not only was like my family because at this time it was just me and my brother living with my parents my older sisters already um moved and my oldest sister got married well at the time um my oldest sister her husband left her when my my nephew was born so yeah. she had just had a baby her husband left and she needed to move into our three-bedroom apartment with the baby also wow. and so i guess my mom had spoken to some people at the church and gotten them to help her move and so that's who those three guys were people from the church that had um offered to help my sister move in and so you know they invite me into the living room and they're like you know how's it going you know your mom's told us about you i was a chef at the time and um hmm. i remember you know I, I don't know if you want me to say names or not but i remember um you know one of them telling me that um you know you should come out to church like when's the last time you went to church and stuff and i always cry because Growing up the way that I grew up, like I was never the one in the other seat. Yeah, I was always the one inviting people to church everywhere that I went from my yeah. friends at church, you know, in my youth group, asking people to just random people, anyone. I always talked about my youth group. I always talked about my church. I always invited people to church and I had never been the one to get invited. Yeah, And that was just like God telling me, like, you need to come back, you know? And so from then on, I just started doing what I could to, to make it to church on Sundays. And it's not, and I say church and I don't want people to think that like, well, you can still be saved and not go to church, you know, yeah. but there's a difference and there's something that the church brings as far as relationships, as far as accountability and things like that. And yeah. those things I was not having outside of a church family. So hey, can I ask you something sure. over there? when, when they asked you that, cause I know right now you kind of go and you, and you get this, it taps into something on how you're feeling like do you remember how you were feeling when when they asked you the question 
because you're like in limbo and they're at bringing you yeah back, you know i i i literally that's how it felt i just felt like in shock like i wouldn't necessarily say that i felt like offended by them yeah. personally but i was kind of just like what like I go to church, you know, like, yeah. why are you inviting me to church? I'm not like one of the people yeah. that gets invited to church, you know, like I didn't really see myself as that, but it was basically a, a humbling moment because it was like, no, like you are, they, they're ministering to you because you are wow. not connected, you know? So wow. that's, that's how I felt. Yeah. That's dope. And so at that moment you make a decision. Yeah. I decided to start going and it was um, very difficult for me because I was a chef at the time. And so, you know, Sunday brunch, everybody wants to go to brunch. (laughs) So you had to make a decision and it was like you leaving something you loved. Yeah. So, I mean, at that time, well, that's not when I left what I loved, but yeah, it was like, Hey, this is your, I remember when you used to show up in your chef cup. Yeah. I would just, sometimes I would go before service. Or yeah. like before going to work, and sometimes I would leave in the middle of brunch service, go to church, and then go back to work, because wow. that's how much I was committed to like making it, even if I worked on a Sunday, which I worked every Sunday. So you took that was like God speaking to you, and then you're like running. Yeah. And were people thinking you're crazy? <laughs> like you know. Um, I think because now you have your friends going like, so you're back. <laughs> the the right like the believers are your back and the other ones yeah. are going what's wrong with you yeah i would say like well i didn't have like my believer friends weren't at that church so yeah. it was like new people yeah. you know um but i would say that probably like my youth pastor was happy to see that yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know because they always like follow you and stuff like that um and <laughs> then yeah i think at that point i had kind of uh like my group of friends that partied and stuff like that i think they they were kind of understanding because they always knew like how how i really was they knew that the party me wasn't really stephanie you know like it was not something that was me and so um yeah i would say that it was kind of like a a little bit of a shocker where it's like I, i had put going to church a priority you know above my job my career and my friends so yeah because later that would happen um dive into that a little bit yeah so right because the whole point is how did you get even where you're at right now right so Mm -hmm. so you're you start going to church yeah so um i became a chef at the place that i was at because i finished culinary school and you know started as a prep cook i'd make um i remember nutella brownies every single day (laughs) i don't remember the recipe but i remember i'd make it every day um and then eventually i got the chef position i think i was only there maybe four months three four months working as a chef um, and so when I started going to church, it was Get Rap Church. Yep. And uh, I met Pastor Juan. Um, but Pastor Juan was a pastor. Because remember, I grew up in church, but we didn't really have like... So this is something that, I don't know, like, to me, from my lens, right? Is that I not that all churches were like cliquish or gossipy, but sometimes that's kind of what tends to happen. Yeah. And so my mom just kind of always told me like, you know, we go to church for God. We don't necessarily go to church for people in the yeah. sense of like, let's not get offended if so-and-so didn't invite you to the barbecue. And sometimes yeah, yeah. that happens a lot, you know? So yeah. I kind of already went to church with without the desire to be like, I need to go find my friends and somebody that I hang out with all the time, you know? Yeah. So I kind of just continued doing that when I started going to get wrapped. And then, um, so I say that because pastor was pastor, right? It wasn't somebody that you really had close relationships with. Yeah. Maybe some of the leaders had friends, like or were friends with them or something, yeah. but it was never someone that like I could just call and talk to or just yeah. swing by his office. I'd never did that. Like that was yeah. beyond me. Um, so <laughs> one day we go to the office, my mom and I to um, Pastor Juan and Ruthie's office. And I really still to this day don't even remember why we were there, but we went there and um, we we're saying hi to them. And Pastor was on the phone 
I think he had a phone call that he was taking, and yeah. then his. I'm like talking about him like he's not in front of me. <laughs> he, he he was on the phone, and then um, the office phone rang, and at this time it was just Pastor Juan and Ruthie at the yeah. office, and um, doing you know, the booklets I, and all that. Remember? Yeah, it was uh-huh. after that. So yeah. then you know I just saw him you know fumbling to try to answer both calls, and I just offered like, hey, do you want me to? <laughs> Do you want me to answer one of those? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, just say Get Rap Church. So I answer it and I say Get Rap Church. And the joke is that, you know, still to this day, I'm still answering <laughs> the phone and saying Get Rap Church. That's wild. Um, but when I answered and I said Get Rap Church, like I heard. <laughs> Don't answer the phone. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Who's calling? <laughs> oh, but, yeah. I, you know, I, I audibly heard uh, God say, you know, like you need to be here. And so I kept it to myself. I didn't really say anything. I told one person and that person was like, well, you need to tell. Yeah. You need to tell pastor, right? And I was like, mm. Yeah. I don't know about you like that. Like, I ain't just going to tell him what God said to me. Like, he's, I just hear him preach on Sundays, yeah. you know? Um, but then I did. I started just showing up at the office. I took it as, like, you need to be here. Like, they need you for something. I didn't really understand. I didn't really Damn, ask like God to give me. Abraham. <laughs> I didn't really you, ask you God left to, like. the chef job without <laughs> knowing. He said, I will show you. I, said, I, didn't, I didn't really know what it meant, but I said, well, if he needs me here, then that's what I'm going to do. So I would show up at the office in the mornings and, you know, I would just make coffee sometimes. Sometimes I'd just take out the trash that was in the kitchen because we didn't. they didn't really have anything for me to do. Yeah. And they didn't really either know why I was there. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think it was, like, a little bit weird for both of us, but we were just like, all right, cool. Well, for all yeah, three yeah. of us, you know, but all right, cool. And then, you know, um, we'll, we'll do yeah. stuff. And then, you know, I would go in the morning and then go work as a chef. Go in the morning and then go work as a chef. And then I felt like God told me to leave, you know, my chef job. And that was really hard because that didn't make any sense at all that's where everybody was like that's where everybody thought i was crazy like my friends had thrown me a party when i got promoted like a huge surprise party when i got promoted because they were so happy and they knew how much i wanted to be a chef that it had finally happened my parents were super proud because they had been calling me a chef ever since i went to school and i was like no i'm not a chef yet like i'm going to school you know and even when i was a cook i was like i didn't like when people called me chef because i was a cook you know you know chefs and their big egos and stuff so i was like no i'm not a chef i'm a cook so i was like no i'm not a chef and so then when i finally get it i'm only there for maybe four four months or so four to six months and then he tells me to leave and so it's like what like are you kidding like i have all these student loans like i finally got the promotion like yeah you know this pay raise is coming all sorts of stuff and so then i just i quit and that was Dang. that was a big leap <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was difficult, and for a short period of time, I would say that I kind of did try to do things on my own. Yeah, as far as because I knew I was like, okay, well, I still have bills, I still have finances, things that I have to pay for, obviously all these student loans and yeah. all sorts of stuff. Where I'm like, how am I going to do this if I don't have a job? And I'm just volunteering at the church, and so I mean, That's he's crazy. always going to sustain you, right? And so yeah. I remember, you know, Pastor Juan and Ruthie would, you know, the church would give me love offerings, and I didn't want to accept them because yeah. I was like, this is not why I'm here. I'm like. In my head, I was like, I refuse to receive any money. I'm like, because yeah. then I don't, I didn't want it to seem as if I was interested in money or I was coming to yeah, do this. Yeah. I was like, I'm only here because God asked me to be here. Um, but you know, then we learned in that too, where yeah. they're like, well, like, God told me, like, <laughs> <laughs> you better receive the blessing because you ain't gonna block mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, you also need gas. To get yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I went through a little time period of uh, maybe That's finding cool. jobs that I thought, you know, okay, well, in my in my flesh of like, yeah. I need to make money and do this but then god lined it up and he showed me and he this is what he taught me because it was very difficult 
that he said i gave you this passion and this talent for being a chef and that is part of who you are but i also gave you this gift of administration and you're not it's not that i'm throwing this away you'll be able to use it again but right yeah. now i need you to be walking in your gift of administration and so that kind of was like a comfort to me because i was like okay good like i didn't like yeah. i didn't just like feel like i lost everything i felt like he he's shifting my life into a different reason and i mean seven years later i'm still here yes, I'm, here. <laughs> I'm still here but i i mean he gave me that he actually transitioned me into like a, i think just to keep her like you know we'll let her cook once a month for the office or something like that that way you know, know. you still feel good about yourself <laughs> <laughs> i feel great without cooking i'm okay <laughs> You're like, I'm, good. Yeah, I'm like i'm good no so then you know that was i feel like his comfort to me and um, he's just, he's never told me otherwise. Everyone's like, don't you miss it? Don't you want to have this? Don't you want to have that? As far as like cooking and chef goes. And I'm like, yeah, yeah it's like my flesh, you know, misses it. I still have culinary friends and chefs that are like doing all sorts of different stuff that yeah. I would like to do. But I'm like, if this is what God told me, then he's, he still has me here for a purpose. And I wouldn't change it for anything. You know, you could, cool. I would, I don't think I'd be able to grow in the same way that I've grown being yeah. uh learning to be an assistant because i mean i didn't go to school for that <laughs> I, didn't go to, I did take one year of broadcast journalism oh, in high school oh, <laughs> therefore there it is marco there it is yep yep man yep, yep. we might as well have That's a button or something that goes bah, bah, bah. Bah, 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 bah. press a button i'm waiting for them to hit that button whatever button it is that's gonna have some sound or something on no the button but man, yeah that's that the insider because they always tease me about it with the radio moment. press that button there's a <laughs> button on that sound one. oh man um but no it's been a long journey of just learning and figuring <laughs> they're scared out. to hit the womp, womp, yeah. womp, they, don't know, they don't know which ruins one's the hit. whole thing oh man that was good you yeah. did one year of broadcast bro look at where you got you mm -hmm. come now on we, <laughs> now we're on the radio, now we're on the radio. No. <laughs> i feel like that more so uh helped me because it was it was a lot of things where he said okay i gifted you with this but i also gifted you with that and you know we say it jokingly but i genuinely feel that because even classes that i took in high school or things that i learned like with my family like we laugh because obviously now we have a media team but back then y'all and i'm gonna just throw all of us under the bus i was doing word art and pastors were like wow a great flyer <laughs> And I was like, it's word art. And I'm like, you can pick, you know, there's like eight little set options, but that wow. was new to them. And I had that talent. No, and yeah, it's what worked me. for that time. You yeah, know? yeah, no, yeah. So I feel like, you know, it was all for Shout reason. out to my teacher who taught me word art. <laughs> Shout out to the hey, CIS listen, class. <laughs> we're going to run you through the segments. We have sure. to run you through the segments. So we're going to go to one more break but. and then we're going to run you through the segments. I think we're going to do the struggle was real. You think you know me because I think you're going to like that one. Oh, and good. back, uh, I was going to say back to the future. <laughs> They're younger me. And right. I get to explain them this time. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> this is real. Go get your copy of Juan Martinez's newly released book, Beyond the Yellow Brick Road. This book gives you the courage to face the storms of life with a new heart and mind as you journey through the pages. Juan Martinez ties in Holy Spirit truths with honest insights about his struggles from New York's street life to hard time in the Texas prison system to a radical transformation that saved his life and launched an impassioned ministry that's leading the lost to meaningful relationships with Christ. The amazing thing about your purchase of this book is not only do you get set free, but at the same time, someone who is incarcerated or in a program will also receive a book at no cost to them so they too can experience being set free. You can help us reach our goal to cover 106 Texas prisons by purchasing a copy at JuanMartinez.tv. 
on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Thank you for being the hero of this story. Come experience the love that will change your life. Every Sunday at Get Rab Church, you can hit us up at two locations. 23221 Aldine Westfield Road in Spring, Texas, 77373. Our service times are 10 a.m. and 1145 a.m. Or you can hit us up on the south side at 2535 Galveston Road in Houston, Texas, 77017 at 5 p.m. Not in Houston? Not a problem. You can watch from anywhere in the world by downloading our free Get Rap TV app. We want to thank all our partners who support us. Because of you, This Is Real has a tremendous reach all the way from Houston to Galveston, up into the Dallas, Fort Worth, and Austin area. This show airs in over 50 state prisons and jails with over 130,000 inmates tuning in weekly, hearing the good news. Help us stay on air by becoming a monthly partner. Visit JuanMartinez.tv or download the free Get Rap TV app. We're back with This Is Real. We've been talking to Stephanie. Man, you're taking us on the journey, on the journey of your life. <laughs> it's been pretty dope. And yeah. you were born in what? What, the year? 1992. Yeah. 1992. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Come Houston, on. Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Yeah. All right. So, you know what we're going to start with? Let's start with, you think you know me. What is that? <laughs> hey, let me... <laughs> Okay, man, you think you know me, you know, a lot of times in Instagram and all those places like in social media, they will usually people just go off of the pic mm -hmm. and they start to create judgment based right. upon a moment or a picture uh, um, and which is not accurate. You right. know? And then this is the time where you get to tell everybody because there might have been assumptions that they see you on this is real. They see you. They're like, oh, look at her. She yeah. thinks she all that. Yeah. And they say something about you and then they're wrong. Yeah. So this is where you get to set the record straight, as Stephanie well, would say. We don't say. have enough time for that record, but I will give you one or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is great. She's like, well, uh, I'll pay a whole I know, right? <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. Oh, my God. She's like, but you know, no, how we do kidding. it on the show is you have to start with, you think you know. You think you know me. Um, well, you think you know me. I feel like a lot of times I get um, that, I think in the broad spectrum, right, <laughs> yeah. of that you work for a church. Yeah. So there's like this huge assumption that you got it made. Like, oh, yeah. your job is so fun and easy. And well, you must be like rolling in dough because you work for yeah. a church. And like yeah. all you do is fun work trips and, you know, all that different stuff that I've been hearing for like ever now. <laughs> where yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, oh, you work for a church. And that's from like all sorts of different people where it's like, Yo, like, yes, we have fun. Yeah. Yes, we do do trips. I'm like, but if I brought you along to like all of our ministry trips, all of the hours. And Lord. again, this is for God. This isn't for you. And I think that's part of why sometimes we don't show it because we're just like, because then you'll get the haters too of like, well, why are you giving and yeah. like what sacrificing and still showing yeah. it to people? Like, shouldn't you do it? Whatever. So yeah. it's like. But I do get that a lot, and I, I mean, it's just like, oh, well, that's, oh, that's cool. You, that's so fun. You work for the church, and, you know, you must do nothing. Yeah. And it's just like. <laughs> we're golfing somewhere. Like, yeah, yeah. We're, and I feel like, man, that's, and or then they see the highlights, right, of like, oh, sure. you're traveling. You're going this, because at one point you were speaking and traveling a lot, so I'm traveling with you. And I'm just like, and I think we have a picture one time yeah. where I have, like, five luggages. Oh, yeah, the five suitcases. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. and it's just like you're, you're doing you know, this meeting, that meeting, he's speaking yeah. here, you're selling merchandise there, you're doing this, this and that. You're ministering at altar calls that are going to like 12, 1 a.m. Yeah. Early in the morning, late at night. Yeah, and then you have to be there at seven in the morning. You can't yeah. look tired and do this. And <laughs> you, you gotta, gotta put happy. makeup on. Yeah, and like, 
And so it's it's a lot, and I think a lot of times the people the misconception that <laughs> the Go misconception ahead. that people have is that like versus ministry, like working in a church as far as ministry, working for ministry, and like say a CEO of a company or an assistant at maybe a different like yeah. corporate job is that you're probably not as emotionally and spiritually invested in it as yeah. you are with ministry and working at a church. Because if somebody quits the corporate office, you're not like. Oh man, I really missed them. Maybe if you're friends, I'm like. But when you're at a church and you've, you know, you're Status here for seven years, yeah. you build a relationship with people, and sometimes people leave, or sometimes people say things about you, or people, mm. you know, all sorts of different things. And those are all emotional like tears that happen at your heart and spiritual mm. things that you're like, oh, I really want to say this, but you know, I'm gonna be yeah, the mature person. Yeah, be- because they're always looking at you yeah. and pointing the finger, like, aren't you pastor's assistant, or don't you oh, gotta yeah. get rad, and da da da. You know, so I feel like the spirit spiritual and the emotional toll that comes with working for ministry um people just mi- just see the highlights and they're just like oh it's just funny you just do this and it's just like it's even a yeah a even heavy. financial like you don't even like i think you had shared before you're like you don't even want to say that oh you got this place or you got this thing or that because it's just like people are like oh well, you're rolling in dough i'm like you know how long i worked <laughs> like, yeah. i didn't have a check like yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah. and it, it was a sacrifice that i know the church made to even hire me as a full-time employee you yeah. know and so you think of things in a different lens so you think you know me but you know it's it's a lot more than what just okay. the highlights of instagram are okay and uh, so you want to share another one, or that's uh, that, mm, that was pretty. Okay. Accurate. I mean, that's I'll, good. We're gonna yeah. let you go with that one. Okay. Sure. So I definitely want to share a dear younger me. So sure. this is an episode where usually what happens? <laughs> yeah. Is, what is like, that? Uh, like you know, in Back to the Future, the guy got in the DeLorean and he got to pick a time and date mm-hmm. uh, to go back to. So this is where yeah. you get to go back to a time where if you could give Stephanie advice, right? What what when would you go back and what advice would you give her? Um, I would probably go to, I don't know what age specifically, but yeah. probably like between 15 and 16, I think, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like that's whenever it was becoming more like, uh, accessible to like party and fall into those yeah. other kinds of things. And so I would, you know, I'd go back and tell her, I mean, she was still strong in her faith. Right. But then yeah. she was all these other things looked enticing, you know, yeah. and so I would ask her to endure it, you know, to stand strong in your faith, endure through it, still be the outcast in the sense of, oh, Stephanie doesn't cause oh, Stephanie doesn't drink or Stephanie that yeah. and just get through it because that I feel like even though you don't regret moments, I feel like it would have saved a lot of um, pain, you know, a lot of, you know sadness and and things like that kind of like forgiving of yourself because that's a a journey that you have to take whenever you do mess up and go through things like that so i feel like i would tell her you know to endure the endure in your strength in your faith you know and stay strong to go through it because you know it it just saves you a lot you don't have to experience things to avoid them like you could have just watched them and not have to go through them hey i'm gonna put you back into the door you just got back Now I just I, hey, what's up, girl? I'm putting uh-huh. you back, and then I'm gonna. Doo, 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 doo. I'm putting you back, and where I want to send you because I know you're stronger. You're, you know, it, since I've known you, you know, you've been in relationships, you know, singleness, but you're very strong and passionate about singleness. Even mm-hmm. though you enjoy relationships too, I feel like I would like to put you back at a time where maybe like you just so desperately wanted to be in a relationship and at the same time you learned a whole lot of stuff about being single which is actually helping you in your relationship yeah right so if i put you back what would you say to that stephanie Mm -hmm. before she learned to embrace because i know that you're pretty strong you're you're adamant about that like you're yeah you're you're passionate about it i I think i would 
I feel like there's so many like voices that speak to single people and single single people in general and then single people who are believers yeah that it's really difficult to find out what you should do and what God's calling of you to do right because yeah. all the voices are telling you and so for me what I had to learn was like okay if God's calling me to this then it doesn't matter what others think or it doesn't matter what you look like to other people and people who may have good intentions, but they don't know what God's asking of you, you know? Yeah. So for me, what happened with relationships was, yeah, is that I was kind of like a serial relationship where it was like another one relationship to the next. And I never spent time by myself, never spent time, much time being friends with the person that I was dating yeah, before dating. Which is them. important. Yeah. And so during that time, it was kind of like, okay, how do we, you know, kind of, um, be disciplined in having feelings, but also keeping our holiness and keeping our relationship nice. with the Lord, you know, because, um, sometimes, uh, the kind of extremists of Christians would be like, Oh, you guys are attracted to one another. You guys are good believers. You should get married. And then they didn't know anything about the person's character. They didn't know anything about, yeah. you know, their person's past traumas and all different things or like, Hey, you know, I'm actually like, somebody who likes being around people all the time and you're not somebody who likes being people around, yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like those things that have to be learned through friendship, you know, and, and things that you can kind of be look like step aside from yourself and look at yourself and it's like, okay, we're friends right now, but I'm having these like maybe jealous feelings or I'm having these, you know, lustful thoughts or I'm yeah. having this, that you can, you should be able to be self-aware without having the title of relationships. And I feel like that's what happens in friendships, but, um, basically don't allow others to define so what your friendships look like. Yeah. Talk to yourself. Or, or no, you that's say? what yeah. I would say is don't allow others to define what your friendships look like. Okay. It doesn't matter if a thousand people think that you should go with that person. If that's not what God is telling you to do, then don't do it. Mm. Don't come onto the peer pressure. It doesn't matter if people are saying like, Oh, why are you single? You're so pretty. You show this, you said that, like you should have that. Well, if, God brings me along. This is something that I learned, you know, in my singleness that I was like, it doesn't matter if God brought along the perfect quote unquote man to me and I still hadn't fixed the issues that I had in my, within myself, Yeah. then I would have ruined that person, you know? And so that was something that I would tell myself is just only drown out the voices and listen to God's only. That's really good. That's really good. And now you're back. Hey, how's it going? You're back from, from a thing. That's, that's really good. I, I just enjoy because i guess i got to see your seasons mm -hmm. you know i'm still seeing yeah. you know, your life play out and uh you know kudos to you because i know you took a i know it's difficult it's everything is difficult right yeah. it, dieting but none of these it's kind of <laughs> none of these uh seasons were perfect fyi yeah. <laughs> a lot of well um, i mean yeah. the bible doesn't ever edit um mm -hmm. doesn't ever edit the stories right so even when you see the stories you see uh Abraham leaving uh, in Genesis 12, then you see him going from place to place while he's going to the place that God is going to give him. And um, he's putting these stones that I believe are like altars as m remembrance of what God has done. And then there's the one spot where he doesn't. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, he he sells his wife, you know, mm -hmm. and then gets her back, you yeah. know, and then keep going. And uh, because obviously he would need her. You know, it's funny even thinking that he would, you know, that wouldn't have worked because mm -hmm. he would need her still mm -hmm. for as part of the promise. The you promise, know? So, yeah. Yeah. But but that happens in, in life. Right. Mm -hmm. Like so he I feel like sometimes when you hear people share their story or, you know, by faith, you know, mm -hmm. they're hearing you share your story. They, they the process has a lot of hold. It's never not edited in the process. It's it's not 
pretty right because you're you're in a process mm -hmm. you're you're you messed up over here but you're still moving forward yeah. you know but it's like oh i messed up the goal is to keep moving forward right. and to keep unlearning relearn unlearn yeah. relearn so kudos to you for going through even a season um you went through a couple of years right yeah. when you were like three years three she goes yeah <laughs> i mean that might have been difficult but mm -hmm. but rewarding right because you mm -hmm. probably have learned a lot in those three years yeah. that you wouldn't have learned if you still would have been exactly. going mm -hmm. right um okay so this one is the final one sure it's uh called the struggle was real because you know everybody's <laughs> like the struggle's real man the struggle's <laughs> real so okay the struggle was real because tell us something that you struggled with that you overcame and then give us the how you overcame it and that's why we call it the struggle was real so the struggle was real i would say that um i don't know there's so many struggles that i've had <laughs> <laughs> i've had a lot of struggles um <laughs> for me i think i guess i could give one relationship wise you know singleness yeah. you know the struggle was real because i i, I I guess I grew up in kind of, like I said, a traditional home environment. So we didn't talk openly about sex. We didn't talk openly about, you know, relationships. It was yeah. just kind of like behind closed doors. And so um, the struggle for me was being um, open now that I had Christian, you know, Christian relationships as far as like friendships and, and leaders and mentors. Um, you know, I, I struggled with being able to be open and vulnerable with that because I think in unintentionally it was kind of like a secrecy thing in my home that whenever you are messing up or whenever you are struggling with something you don't just go and talk to your friend or your sister or your brother or your you know your pastor or your whatever and say like yo like you know i'm really struggling right now but i i went through that like i did yeah. i had to learn to like okay i need accountability these people need to know where i'm at these people not like i mean physically yeah. yes but yeah. where i'm at mentally like right now i may be weak and i've literally done that before i, I share this all the time where i'm like i went to my best friend's house with her husband and i just sat there and watched a movie because i was like yo if i don't go and i just stay there i'm gonna go and do something dumb yeah. and i just have to sit there bored and y'all know me i don't like yeah. movies so i'm like you know third willing because i'm like i, I refuse to go down that road again That's i refuse cool. to let myself mess up but i had to be open with it you know and not be in that realm of secrecy which the enemy loves to keep you in you know yeah. so i feel like that was a really big struggle and continues to be a struggle that you have to overcome you know of being vulnerable with the right people that's really good mm -hmm. and so how'd you overcome that with all the fear and stuff yeah like being, i know you went but yeah. how do you push through when you gotta make that decision to me it was knowing that god's already forgiven you yeah so say you go and you're vulnerable to the wrong person and a thousand people are talking about you. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. It does not matter. I think it goes back to not listening to the voices that aren't an influence in your life. It's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, sure, I did those things. Yeah, yeah, sure, I did that. But God already forgave me. And this is what I'm doing to it. So, but then whenever you're vulnerable and open to people who are of, you know, they love you and they want to walk with you, man, there's nothing like that healing that comes from a friend yeah. that prays with you. And it's like, man, I know that you messed here or you messed up here. Or you did this there or whatever. It's like, we're going to pray and we're going to move forward and we're not going to let you keep stumbling, you know? Yeah. So that healing is unmatched. And I think something that you're basically stating too, right? Because you, you made a decision to go to their house and watch the movie, right? Yeah. And sometimes people don't make it there, even though they have that choice there. <laughs> and I think, you know, what you're basically saying is you also have to be real to yourself, right? Cause yeah. if you lie to yourself, you're you only going to keep, else. yeah, you lie to everybody else, but you'll also destroy yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think, when you're honestly saying to yourself, if I don't go to my friend's house and watch this movie, 
I already know what's going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. You're making the choice. You're basically led by the spirit at that exactly. moment. You got to crucify mm -hmm. your, your thoughts, you know, because yeah. and I think everybody that's just forever, mm -hmm. you know. So, man, Stephanie, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for, for having sharing me. sharing your story. <laughs> um, remember that those with true faith accept God's word. They win his approval and they recognize his power. The word always works if you decide to accept it and let it work for you. And thank you guys for letting me share my story. Thank you, Pastor Juan, for having me. Thank you all for tuning in to This Is Real. Be sure to watch us on YouTube at This Is Real with Juan Martinez. And if you're looking for a home church, visit us at www.getrap.tv.